Podcast One. Chandler Smith has made millions as a door-to-door salesman. In fact, he made over $200,000 in his first four months. He joins us today to reveal exactly how he's done it. And oh, by the way, it involves guns and nudity. It's a slightly deranged episode 491 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Yeah, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of confronting marketing ideas. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, you, infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful, beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And if that's not enough and you're itching to fast track your marketing success, then let's get personal with a one-on-one coaching session, which you can book over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. Why have I re- I might have rewritten this a bit. Why have I done that? Chandler Smith, General Review. Yeah, I think I just might have made it a bit better, uh, Matt. Can I read the rest? Uh, yeah, go for it, man. Big episode today. Chandler Smith, one of America's leading door-to-door sales experts, generously reveals how to sell more of anything. This week's Monster Prize Draw winner gets up at 4am each morning to listen to an episode of this podcast. Get a life! (laughs) Uh, Plus, I'll let you in on some amazing business owners who'll be joining us in upcoming episodes. As per usual, team, there's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Oh, some big guests coming up, and there is none bigger than next week's guest in Seth Godden, the marketer's marketer, the storyteller extraordinaire, extraordinaire, you know what I mean. The guy's good, and you are going to love the chat I have with him. So incredibly generous. It's about a 40-minute chat from memory, and it's just so many great anecdotes and ways of marketing your business that'll kind of just twist your mindset around how marketing works. And keep connecting with me on LinkedIn and Facebook if you'd like to see some behind the scenes photos and videos of what I get up to in between episodes and also little teaser videos that I'm now creating, letting you in on what's ahead. Righto, let's meet Chandler Smith, who is a master of door-to-door selling, which I've got to say would have to be one of the scarier ways to market your business, right? Like people talk about public speaking and getting on stage is scary. I would have thought knocking on strangers' doors would be particularly scary. In Chandler's first summer selling pest control, he broke the record for most accounts ever sold by a rookie sales rep, selling 459 accounts in under four months and bringing in over $220,000 in revenue. He's gone on to make literally millions from selling door-to-door and now splits his time between training others to do it and building his very own property empire, which at the time of this chat consisted of no less than 63 properties, or doors as he calls them, 63 doors. 
I call them properties. Like I said earlier, whilst you'll learn how to master door-to-door sales from this chat with Chandler, the sales tips he shares extend into all other sales environments. So seriously, pen and paper at the ready. I started off by asking Chandler what's the craziest thing that's happened to him having knocked on the doors of thousands of totally complete strangers. You know, I've had multiple people answer the door butt naked. And uh, I don't know what it is, but I think that's probably the craziest thing. The second craziest is people get a little nervous and sometimes they answer the door with a gun in their hand. So those are the two wild things that happen pretty consistently. Only in the United States <laughs> and America, as Borat would say. Oh, wow. Really? Naked and a gun? Have you actually had someone answer the door naked with a gun in their hand? You know, I haven't had that. So maybe <laughs> maybe when that comes, that will take the cake for the craziest. Well, okay. What do you do? I mean, these are, these are two extreme circumstances where you are put into position to sell. Um, what do you do uh, when someone's naked? Do you bring the elephant in the room out or do you just keep talking and selling? <laughs> you know, I usually, I mean, we teach all of our reps right away to try and get a smile out of them. So if a good joke comes, I'll use it. If not, I'll just give them a big grin and pretend like nothing's happening. It's hot today, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that one would work. <laughs> and, and what about the gun? The gun's obviously a way just to go, you know, we really don't want people knocking on our door. Do you just apologize and move on? Or do you, again, what do you do? You know, I've actually sold people that have answered with a gun. It uh, It's not that uncommon, especially in Texas when we're down there selling. And mm-hmm. so just being over the top polite and making sure they understand why you're there and some of the other customers you're taking care of just right there on the street, a lot of times we'll put them at ease. If they're aggressive at all, then yeah, I'd just say, look, sorry to take your time. Have a great night and, you know, go on my way. Yeah, got it. This is going to be an interesting conversation, Chandler. You know, believe it or not, I had served a two-year church mission. And when I got back, I was looking for a job to be able to pay for college. And in the college town I was in, nobody was hiring. I applied all over and I had a guy approach me that said, hey, you know, you seem like you're all right with people. Why don't you come out for the summer to LA, California and try selling pest control? And uh, I didn't really have anything else going. And he told me I could make, you know, $10,000, $15,000 in the summer. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a pretty good gig. And I jumped into it. And so that first year I showed up and I ended up making $96,000 in four months. And I realized really quick, holy cow, this is, there's really something to this, you know? Wow. 96 grand in four months as a young college bloke. Um, Interested, the church mission, were you a Mormon already knocking on doors? Is that what you were doing? I was. Yeah. I, I served a mission. Got a walk up start, mate. You've already been, <laughs> you've already been doing this. It's it's like because I'm I'm interested in that, not from a religious point of view, but like for example, I interviewed this fellow a few weeks ago, Stu Hynek, who is a New York Times cartoonist, and he's got this whole thing happening about how to get a meeting with anyone. Now he had a walk up start because because he could draw these amazing cartoons with people in them that he wanted to get a meeting with and send them to him, send them those cartoons to the people, right? Yeah. He's got a walk-up start. Does that mean everyone can get a meeting with anyone? Maybe if they can practice what he preaches. You have a walk-up start because you've already been knocking on doors. Does this mean other people can do this door-to-door selling without having having, you know, been on a church mission? 
Definitely. I mean, to say that it didn't give me an advantage was a lie just because you're used to approaching people you've never met. And I think that really helps. But I mean, for anyone that's real willing to kind of get over that and, and put themselves out there, I mean, we've had a lot of success with incredible sales reps that haven't served church missions. And so regardless of your background, I think you can do well, but it definitely gave a little bit of an advantage for sure. That first week, you've done 96 grand in four months in your first year of door-to-door -door selling, but how was that first week? You know, that's kind of the funny part. We, uh, we went out with about 40 sales reps and a couple of them were my buddies. And I was kind of the loser of the group, believe it or not. I, uh, I didn't sell a single account my entire first week. And so it was really discouraging. Everyone else on my team had at least sold an account or two. And I just couldn't figure out what was going on. And so I really kind of dove into the training and figured out what I was doing wrong. And then that next week, things clicked and I took off. But that first week was a real struggle and I did not enjoy the job. What, what clicked? You know, I think it was a combination of things. I think, first of all, when you're cold calling, you can't just do a presentation and then let them say yes or no. It definitely needs to be something that is directed towards a close and getting them to make a decision there. So I think I had to learn how to build, build urgency. I needed to learn how to close and I needed to know how to hit on the things that were important rather than talking them to death and making them feel like, hey, I can call this guy any day of the week. And uh, so building urgency, closing and, and learning that skill set played a huge role in being able to start closing sales. Explain the mindset, Chandler, of a successful door-to-door -door salesperson. You know, I think the most successful sales reps have the ability to purge everything that has happened in that day and treat whatever door they're knocking like the only door and the most important door. And I've seen it year after year. I mean, we, we find the most success with our sales reps that are able to go up with a positive attitude and a smile regardless of whether someone slammed the door or cussed at them or had the cops called them or anything else, they find a way to just make that one door the first door and have a good attitude and do everything that we've trained them. Because it really is a plug and play system. If you follow our verbal, nonverbal, paraverbal training, you're going to close people. It's just being able to follow and, and use that skill set on every door like it's the first. Interesting. Well, I want to test that plug and play system. Uh, I think the best way to do this, Chandler, to sort of, because clearly there's a lot of little steps and nuances and things that you can do, should do, or shouldn't do along the way. So let's trial that. Um, why don't you pretend that you're knocking on my door? We can do a bit of a role play. And maybe along the way, as we do that, you pause and say, what I just did then was this, or what I chose not to do was this. Is that is that a good way of kind of getting the skill across? Yeah, I think that's perfect. And uh, Tim, you're a really nice guy. So you be as mean as you can with me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just getting my mean face on. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'll leave you to knock on the door. Okay. Sounds good. Here we go. Uh, I'll get it, darling. It's probably some bloody sales rep trying to flog me <laughs> something I don't need. Uh, yes. Hi, how are you? Yep, good, mate. Good. 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 Well, my uh, sorry, just we're just about to have dinner. So, um, is there something you need from me? Definitely. No, it smells great. I'll be really quick. My name's Chandler, and I'm with Aptive. It's pest control. 
Mm. And we're actually coming around. We're taking care of your neighbor, Joe, just right across the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before you go, Chandler, we have already got pest control. Perfect. Joe had them as well. The biggest reason he switched is we're doing a lot more for a lot less. Now, are you using Orkin like he was, or who are you using? Oh, you're, you're good. Um, who are we, Darling, who are we using for pest control besides me? Um, yeah, we're using the other one you mentioned. Perfect. <laughs> well, we're going to be doing a lot more for a lot less. Now, usually we charge $200 our first visit and then come back quarterly for just $119. However, if I can get you in with Jim right now while we're here, mm. I'm knocking off $100. So I'm doing the entire service for just $99. And it still includes everything. Now, what you're going to see, you know, up here, how you're still seeing these spider webs up underneath your eaves. Chandler, my dinner's getting cold. I don't mean to be rude, but like, you know, I've got a big uh, Texas T-bone there just screaming my name. Definitely. Well, we want to get you to that T-bone and we're going to save you a lot of money and I can be out of your hair in about 60 seconds. What I'm going to do different is I'm going to knock down all these webs that your other company has been missing. Then I'm going to come down to your base and you know how you get a lot of the spiders and ants that creep in? We need to go a full three feet up and three feet out around the entire foundation. That way I can guarantee nothing's getting inside on you. But the biggest difference you'll notice about me and the company you've been using is what I'm going to do out here in the yard. Not only am I saving you money, but I'm going to treat from your front curb all the way to your back fence. That way we can flush out anything nesting, breeding. Are you going to be around this evening after you finish eating or is tomorrow morning work better for you? Now, I'm going to pause you there. This is Tim, the podcaster, back Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what you've done. What, what, work me through, you know, you've been very friendly. You've been very positive. You've personalized. You've looked around. You've seen problems in my home in regards to cobwebs. But just chat me through some of the key points. Yeah. So a couple big things. First off, everything that someone says in the first 30 seconds is some kind of a lie. Now, they might be eating, but is he going to live with two minutes of his time waiting before he eats, of course he is. And so you're going to use kind of a happy word. You're gonna say, sure, perfect, great. So he knows you're listening, but also knows you're gonna blow right through it. Now your main focus, and obviously we can't see it because this is a podcast, but my goal is to say statements why I smile at him and why I head nod. And I'm trying to get an endorphin release. I'm trying to get him to like me, to smile, to head nod with me. And why I do this, I'm hitting on a preface, a feature, and a benefit. Now, we can go into those more, but their main goal is to get an endorphin release in the customer and build up value. Now, <laughs> he's tried to build urgency and why he needs to go. So a lot of times, I'll spend more time building up the service, but because he's brought up urgency twice, at this point, I'm cutting my pitch short, and I'm reversing that urgency on him by immediately closing by giving him a short synopsis of the service, how we do a better price, and then I close him by saying, perfect, can we get the service done this evening after you're done with dinner? Is tomorrow morning better? And that way I've reversed his urgency to try and get him to make a decision right there. I like that, reverse his urgency. Is there a point where he's just gonna go, he's either gonna go, you, you win, you've got me, or you're doing my head in, you're freaking me out, get away. <laughs> you know, they definitely are. I think what's hard about being over the phone 
is when I'm giving him the biggest smile and I'm giving him head nods, I know those seem like simple things, but he's going to melt for me. Now, if he doesn't melt for me, obviously I'm not going to sell everybody, but I'm going to get him to like me. I'm going to get on his team. And now that I'm through the pitch, I'm going to ace him and close him. And what's interesting is at the beginning, I feel uncomfortable as a salesman because he's built urgency. He said, look, I got to get back to dinner. You got to go. But if I can flip it to where every time he says, hey, I got to go to get dinner, I'm going to throw in an ace, which is something added to the service by saying, hey, I'm going to upgrade your service to this, or I'm going to lower your price to this because you're in a hurry. If you act right now, you're going to get this discount. And that way he now feels urgency that he's created. And a lot of times people will crumble right there and say, you know what? All right, let's do it. We'll get it done tomorrow morning. And I'll say, perfect, snag your credit card and I'll get out of your hair. We're talking to Chandler Smith. He is a door-to-door selling expert. The mention of urgency from a potential customer is an opportunity for you, the salesperson, to cut to the chase. 100%. And I think a lot of times you don't realize it, but there's always going to be one party with urgency that's uncomfortable. I just have to make sure it's them that that causes them to act rather than causing me to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, you're right. This isn't a visual medium podcasting. Visually, you're smiling. You're well presented, I'm guessing. I've seen a couple of videos of yours. You're well branded by the client who you're working for's branding. Any other sort of visual cues that we need to be aware of? Because I think really importantly, for the listeners who are going, I'm never going to do door-to-door selling. I'm never going to add door-to-door selling to my marketing arsenal. That doesn't matter because they're still selling. So in this extreme environment of door-to-door selling, all this applies to when you're in a shop or when you're on the phone, right? Or 100%. Yeah. There are a couple things. First off, the faster you talk, the worse off you are. So when someone builds urgency, I'm consciously struggling to try and slow down my voice to get them to mirror me. The other thing, when we talk about smiling and head nods, I kind of call it the Jedi mind trick. And I've done this at conferences where I've spoke, where I'll call someone up and I'll say, look, I want you to not positive head nod. I want you to try with all of the power in you to not move your head up and down. And what we train our reps to do is when you break eye contact and then make eye contact, the second you make eye contact with them, you give them a big smile and you head nod up and down. And it's fascinating because by doing that, it's so hard for them to not mirror you. And what this does is subconsciously, they're sitting there positive head nodding and they're starting to like you more and they don't know why, but it's because we're focusing on getting them to smile, on getting them to head nod, on getting them to slow down. We have planned eye contact and eye contact breaks. So our eye contact is never too long and uncomfortable, but we always have good eye contact with an indicator taking eye contact away. And the combination of all of those nonverbal and paraverbal things makes a huge difference in them saying, wow, I don't know why, but I just like this kid. And I think we've all experienced it where you meet someone and within 30 seconds, you're like, man, I don't know why, but I like this guy. And whether you've got a hot T-bone or not waiting for you, if you instantly connect with them, you're going to hear them out. Wow. Sure you haven't studied psychology? (laughs) You know, I think sales is definitely tied with psychology and a lot of this stuff 
is from that. And I, I love that stuff. I love finding ways to make a good impression and to connect with people because that's what it's all about. I guess great salespeople that make it a game. In your mind, this is just like nothing's personal. So you're not going in, you, you're actually going in expecting rejection. And that that's just part of the game. That's just the next hurdle to cross. Is that how it is in your mind? Yes, 100%. I mean, with the sales reps I train, I tell them, look, this is a game where there are points. And every time you get them to smile, to head nod, to slow down, to agree with you, to when you're watching their body language and you watch them drop their crossed arms or lean up against the wall, these are all things that if you can get them to do that, you're racking on points and you're gaining a, gaining a connection. And it doesn't matter who they are or what situation they're in. If you get enough points, they're going to buy from you. Now, that doesn't mean you can sell every person, but someone can sell every person if they get enough points. When do you know when to fold? I think a lot of that comes down to the tone, the pitch, the body language that they're representing. There are some people that when they hit a level and, and you can tell where they're just frustrated and irritated, the odds of you winning are not good. And that's why the goal of our pitch is to keep them happy, to keep it a joking relationship, to keep them comfortable. But if they get to the point where they're like, look, I said, no, you need to go you've gone too far. And if you're doing your job right, it should never get to that point because you'll start to feel the tension and that's when you go. And usually that's somewhere between, I'd say three and five no's where they'll get to the point where they're like, look, man, it's, it's time to go. I watched a video of you with a fellow Kevin uh, who you, you guys were knocking on doors and you were showing him how to do it. Yeah. I noticed in a lot of the early ones, it was like literally within five seconds Kevin was walking away from the door. He sort of, I don't know whether he capitulated too early, but it was a classic example of someone opens the door, Kevin goes to speak, and the person's just already going, yeah, no, 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 thank you. Thank you anyway. Being polite, but like just saying, like putting up a big shield. Did he give in too early, or what could he have done to overcome that immediate rejection? Yeah, I think, you know, this is a question sales rep always ask me is they say, Chandler, should I have done more? And I think there's always more to do, but it doesn't mean you're not still going to have people that say no, thank you and slam the door right away. Mm -hmm. But I think a couple tricks to keep someone's attention, and this is going to go against everything that your body wants to do. But if you can slow down and break eye contact, and I know this seems weird, but if you say, hey, my name's Chandler, I'm with Aptive. And right then, when I can tell they're about to cut me off, I'm going to break eye contact and I'm going to look at one of the neighbors on the street that I've already taken care of, and I'm going to slow way down while I have broken eye contact. Now, what this does is it makes it so they feel like they can't slam the door or cut you off. If you're looking at someone and talking fast, it's easy to cut them off. But if you've broken eye contact and you're pointing and talking about something up the street... They yeah. go up like they're going to cut you off and then they kind of let off and slow down. And once you sense that they're sitting to listen to you, then you look back, you give them that huge smile, make eye contact again. And when you get through the first five to 10 seconds, then they're going to be there for a while to hear you out. And so that's a huge trick to keep control where with Kevin on his first couple doors, he was keeping eye contact. He was talking quickly and he's a great salesman. But when trying to keep someone from closing the door, it just wasn't working. How do you, um, because people feel threatened, someone's coming onto your property, they're at your front door, 
immediate reaction, unfortunately, in the world we live in is that there's a threat. How do you come across as non-threatening? So there, I guess the big thing we teach, it's called creating your office. And so first off, you've got to be professionally dressed. All of our sales reps have iPads, they're branded. But then when you're on the door, a lot of times people will face up and get really close to the door. We teach our reps that you want to be at a 90 degree angle. So you don't want to be aggressively, you know, facing off with them, but you want to be sided up with them. You want to be back from the door a little bit. You want to make sure that you're speaking slowly, that you've got that huge smile and the combination of creating your office and looking like a professional is huge. The other thing we have our sales reps do is they're looking down at their iPad, acting busy. So they're not sitting there, you know, waiting, looking at the person right as they answer the door, but they've created an office that that customer is walking into, even though it's on their front doorstep and people feel that. And that's important to be able to gain that control or gain that frame so they don't think you're some bum off the street trying to sneak into their house, but you're a busy sales rep in your office doing your job. And that's going to give you that frame and gain that trust. What role do scripts play? They are a huge role. And the reason for it is a lot of our reps, they'll try and wing it. They'll say, you know, I'm an, a natural sales rep. But with a script, what that gives us the ability to do is we can plan everything. So in my sales reps script, I'm telling them when to smile. I'm telling them when to head nod. I'm telling them when to make eye contact, when to break eye contact, when to move their arm and point at something, when to change positions on the door everything in the script we can change. Now, when it gets to resolving concerns, they can run a little more free because they're going to have resolves and aces and closes. And at that point, the customer is more close with them. But in that first 30 seconds, why would you wing it when you can perfectly put together a script that's going to do everything in your power to get an endorphin release in your customer? And so scripts are huge. Okay. So to the small business owner listening to this, how do they go about getting a script written? Is it up to them? I imagine there's some real art and science to a script. So where do you get one? Where do you get a good one? You know, I think there are a couple books I would send you to. And my YouTube channel, I've done a couple of videos on this. One of my favorite books for this is going to be Pitch Anything. Um, but I think the big thing with creating a script is you want to find a way to get that endorphin release with smiles, head nods, and you want to find a way to get to a soft close quickly and then to a hard close to where you're getting them to take action. You also want to make sure that that pitch builds urgency so that they're willing to take action now. Mm -hmm. What's the other book? I mean, who's the guy who wrote Pitch Anything? I think he's been on this show. I think so. Is it Oren Claft? Yeah. Is that the name? Yeah, something like that. I'll put a link in the show notes. That is a great book. What's the other book that helps you write scripts? You know, I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. Um, I've got a couple. That's right. I'll link to your YouTube channel in um, the show notes. And if you've got a video that reviews them, then um, we'll embed that too in the show notes. So that's all very well. You can read a book, write a script. Sales copy is just so important. So really, it's about finding a copywriter too, if you, if you don't want to go and do it yourself, but finding a copywriter that specializes in sales, yeah? Yeah. And the other book I was thinking of, it's called Door to Door Millionaire. And that one really breaks down a great script for anything that you're selling on the doors. So you could put a link in that one as well. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. 
Okay, so scripts. Anything else we're missing in terms of if there is someone listening who thinks I think I will add door to door selling to my marketing arsenal? Yeah, you know, I think that everything is a sale. And so learning how to make a good impression, whether you've got people coming into your business or you're going to theirs, is extremely useful to train your employees. Um, I think the other thing that's big, and this is something I don't see a lot of businesses do, is we use a model called Resolve Ace Close. And what that is, is a lot of times you're going to get through your whole pitch and you're going to close and the customer is going to say, you know what, that's great, but I'm just not sure I'm there. Or they're going to bring up some other concern. And so the model we train our sales reps is you need to resolve that concern in 15 seconds or less. You need to throw in an ace, which is adding an additional service or giving a price drop or bringing some added value you haven't already talked about in your pitch. And then you need to make sure that you have a good close. And for me, a good close is something that gives an option between two or three things, but all of those two or three things lead to them signing up with you. So it's perfect. Are mornings or afternoons better for you? Do you want to do the two o'clock or the three o'clock? Did you want to get it done today or tomorrow? Whatever it is, you're closing them and you're not giving them a no answer. You're putting them in a place where they need to decide, you know, between the two right answers. Brilliant. I like Resolve. I like a little acronym, Resolve Ace Close. So Chandler, give me an example. Back in the day when you were absolutely, you couldn't get in front of enough doors, you loved it so much. Give us an example of where you've walked away with the deal of a lifetime. Um, like on the doors a sell or what do you mean the, the door of a lifetime? Yeah, yeah, on the doors, like knocking on doors, maybe, well, deal of a lifetime or where you've cracked a sale where you just thought, nah, this is just going to be impossible. <laughs> well, I think, so I, I'm going to give two examples. The first one, I have had people that have come out and dropped hard swear words. I mean, big F-bomb swear words at my face of, how could you knock on my door this time of day? What are you doing? Just freaking out on me. And going from them yelling, cussing, swearing to five minutes later, giving me their credit card because I was able to use that urgency that they created. I was able to get them to like me and immediately flip that around and build value in my service and get them on board. And there is nothing that feels better than taking someone that is freaking out to getting them to absolutely love you and your service. So that's the first example. I think the next example is with door-to-door -door sales, it gave me incredible money. I mean, I've made literally millions of dollars doing door-to-door -door sales with training hundreds of sales reps and building up in it. And it gave me this money that I didn't know what to do with. And so I started investing in real estate. And it's incredible because I connected with a guy on a 24-plex property and was able to work an incredible deal that I wouldn't have had the money or the skill set to close this deal on this apartment complex had it not been for years of door-to-door -door sales experience and learning these skills. And so it was a really hard, tricky deal, but we were able to put it together. And so when it comes to biggest deal that brought in the most money, that was huge because it was a multi-million dollar apartment complex. And it was just incredible to close it and know that was because of the hours I'd put in on the doors. That's awesome, brother. You must have some stories. You cut your teeth, Chandler, working for a pest control company in the early days. Did you stick it out with that pest control company for the duration of your door-to-door -door selling career or did you move around? Yes, I stayed with one company and I am a strong believer in loyalty. I think because I stuck around, it really helped me build up momentum 
And uh, I still work for them today. I help train and manage over 200 sales reps that still work for the company. So I don't go out personally and sell for myself, but about a month of the year, I'll go out and train with each of my sales reps. I'll go with them on the doors and I'm still uh, keeping my door-to-door sales in check so I can go out and show them how it's done. No doubt. What type of person excels at door-to-door selling? You know, anyone that has a good work ethic and can keep a positive attitude and handle rejection, whether they're the goofiest looking guy around or a handsome stud, as long as they have those three things, they're going to do incredible with us. Is it more suited to men than women? I would say yes. Um, Just because when you're on the doors and you're knocking, I just have found the women we've hired have ended up in more uncomfortable situations. And that's a sad reality, but we've had huge success with both men and women. Mm-hmm. Where do you find good people? You know, it's a combination of creating multiple funnels to pull kids from college, usually, you know, sales reps that are in college trying to pay for school, super driven and needing money have been the best place to find them. And we've found them all over the United States. And then our favorite reps are the ones that, you know, we've taken reps, they've already worked with us and they bring friends or family that think the way they do. It seems like those reps do really well to come out with that support system that's already there. Is it a younger person's game? You know, it is just because they're the ones that are willing to move to some different part of the country for three or four months. However, that's not to say we haven't had older people that have come out and killed it with us. I mean, we've had people of all ages, but most of our reps that choose to move across the country are, you know, in their 20s. You're training a lot of people these days, Chandler. Describe, you don't need to name names, but describe that one gun within the organization right now. What, what type of person are they? You know, we had a sales rep this year that was just on another level. He made close to $200,000 just from his personal sales, which is unheard of in three and a half months. So close to four or $500,000 in revenue. And he was the kind of person that was up two hours earlier than everybody else, put in a good gym routine, trained Mm. for an hour every morning, and then was on the doors earlier than anyone else. I mean, we're talking on the doors at 9 a.m. and knocking clear till 9 p.m., taking a 30-minute lunch. And you could go and drop in on him at any point of the day, and he had a huge smile on his face and was just connecting with people right and left. And so... He, uh, he really broke barriers. He's one of those guys where he helped everyone think differently because that's putting on you know three to four times the number of sales that a very good sales rep would do. And so it, uh, it was pretty incredible. I've, I've seen you say you can train people with no upfront investment. How do you do that? I think a lot of it is we're really willing to bring value and you know train our reps and invest in them. And we put a lot of training into reps that come out and quit first day because they just can't hack it. And I think in your organization, if you're not willing to put in the effort to train and try and bring value to your reps, you're never going to be successful, even if that means giving free training to reps that don't end up sticking it through. And so we work really hard to find qualified, talented reps that you know have what we're looking for. But that doesn't mean we don't bring out some bums every once in a while that we have to cut the fat and just recognize that's a part of doing business. So, so is the idea of training someone without that upfront investment, what you're saying to them, hey, listen, I'm going to give you some skills for life. Can't pay you for that right now, but you're going to get some sales skills for life. And if you put them into practice, you have the potential to earn a lot of dough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I also think it's a great, I mean, when we're asking for them to put in training before we bring them out to sell them, 
I think that is an investment. I think that, you know, if they're willing to do that, they're willing to recognize, hey, this isn't a salary job. This is something that the more I put in, the more that I get out. And so that also helps us find the right reps. Just wondering, and I, I'm guessing you haven't been to Australia, Chandler? I haven't. It is on my bucket list, though. I need to get there. Good. We can talk about that later. But I'm just wondering, part of the American culture to expect people to knock on your doors, because here in Australia, it doesn't happen that much. I'm just wondering how these learnings and how the idea of having door-to-door selling as part of your marketing strategy in Australia would go. You got a view on sort of cross-border? You know, for me, when I hear that, I just get excited because I think people are people, you know, when we go and knock doors in Texas, there are people from all over the world that have come in there just because it's kind of a business hub and people are different for sure. I mean, we run into people from all different parts of the world and they act differently. However, everyone responds to the smiles, to the head nods. There's always a way to connect with someone. And so right now, I mean, we're competing against multiple other door-to-door companies. I think if you drop me off in a place like that, where it's not something they expect, I would absolutely love it. Mm, Interesting. So you've talked about how to find great people, how to train them up. How do you manage and motivate them once you've got a team of one or 10 or 20 door-to-door sellers in your business? You know, it's a hard question. Um, I've come to find that with how many reps I have now, I have to have leaders that can be there on a daily basis leading from the front. And what that means is every day you've got to have some form of motivation, some form of quality training when it comes to sales, and you've got to send them out on the doors with enthusiasm, with a positive attitude after having those good vibes in the morning. And then you've got to have someone out there that is throwing down, selling extremely well, and a way for them to see that someone else is having that success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something you need in a leader is not only the motivation in the morning and quality training, but someone that's going to lead from the front and put up solid numbers every day so that the whole team recognizes, wow, someone else is doing it at a high level. I know that I can do the same. And so As I grew up in the company, I was that guy. I was leading my small team and it turned into a bigger team and then it turned into multiple teams. And when you have multiple teams, you've got to make sure that you have that guy in each of your offices to lead from the front. And then do you play off competitive tensions? Oh, 100%. We we spend thousands and thousands of dollars on competitions, whether it's one-on-one competitions, team competitions, incentives. Our goal with this job is there's so much rejection and really hardship as you go through it, that we want to do everything we can to keep their mind on something other than the negative side of things. And so we're constantly doing competitions. And my best team this year, we gave over $8,000 worth of prizes to every one of the, what, 22 sales reps that were on that team um, because of all the different competitions and things that we did. And that paid huge dividends for that team. What should you expect to pay a door-to-door sales person? Is it commission-based? Is there a salary attached? Yes. I think when you're doing door-to-door sales, you can't have any salary. It has to be 100% commission because as you saw, I was a very hard worker and my first week I sold nothing. And I think had I been on a salary, I wouldn't have changed anything. I wouldn't have bettered myself. I would have continued to go through the motions where when I was on commission, a week of no pay is no fun. And that was a big motivator to make sure that I corrected the things that I was doing wrong. Mm. 
Oh, but just on that, but what percentage of commission? Is it 50%? Is it 10%? Does it? De- you know, our pay scale starts at 18% and goes up to 50% commissions. And it's all based on production in a four month period. And so having those extra benchmarks to where not only are they getting paid on more sales, but they're getting a higher commission on all of their sales plays a huge role in getting them to push really hard in the summer. Should have asked this up front, but industries that it's suited to, you talk about pest control, that seems an obvious one. What industries is door-to-door selling most suited to? You know, we've seen a lot of guys in the United States do pest control, solar panels, security systems, um, satellite and TV services, cell phone plans. Those are probably the main ones that I've seen where you know, companies have had a lot of success with a door-to-door sales program. I also think there are roofers and painters and situations like that where it's a little more tricky sale, but it can still be good. What about a local business like an accountant, a gym, chiropractor? You know, I haven't seen any of those. And I think if a chiropractor knocked on my door, I probably <laughs> wouldn't go to him. But <laughs> but if he had a sales rep that was trained and that was talking about their service. I think any industry, any business, you can always find new business by going door to door. Wow. That's a big claim. I wasn't suggesting that the actual chiropractor would knock on the door, but definitely get it right. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's a big claim and I definitely think there are lots of industries where it probably wouldn't pay to make your main form of marketing door to door sales. But I mean, you can always drum up business connecting with people. Well, I'm guessing it's probably the higher involvement purchase decisions because, you know, just from a margin point of view and being able to pay commissions alone, there'd be enough fat in there. Whereas, you know, your lower type offerings, there's just not enough margin to pay someone on a commission basis. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's interesting though, because I've talked with lots of people that do real estate and that's, for instance, that would be an industry where I think if you cut me or some other talented door-to-door salesman loose, it's such a big profit margin on that that I I don't know, I feel like it would be a great place to do well. And I think some people have niched in on that, but a lot of people never take the time to just go knock some doors. So Chandler, you made a lot of dough from door-to-door selling yourself. You have um, found your way into what are you doing, property development, and you're spending a month a year training the guys at the pest control company. Is that, is that what your life looks like now? Yeah, it is. So I own 71 doors of rental real estate. And essentially the way that I've lived... Just so I understand that you own 71 apart- apartments or homes? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a combination. When I say doors, it's a combination of either single family homes, duplexes, fourplexes. I've got a 24plex, an eightplex. Um, but that total 72 door doors or units that I rent out Um, and so all the money I've made from sales, I've tried to put the bigger portion of that into investing in real estate. Right. I'm sorry to hear it, mate. You're really struggling. For sure. Yeah. Luckily for me, I mean, it, uh, this job has been a huge, huge blessing. And so my day to day now, I mean, I, uh, I'll go and shop deals for fun. That's more of the hobby, but my main focus is recruiting sales reps and training my leadership to prepare for the summer where all of our revenue comes in. And then my spare time, I created a YouTube channel to help people know how to, you know, acquire sales skills and invest in real estate. And so it all kind of works together. So it's been a really, really fun thing. And it's created a life where everything I do, I really love. 
That's awesome, buddy. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking us behind the scenes of door-to-door selling because it's certainly a discussion we haven't had on this show and uh, whether or not any listeners choose to to adopt it, I'd be really interested to find out. Chandler, where can people find you? You mentioned this YouTube channel. Yeah, so they can find me at Chandler David Smith and that's the same on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. And I've got a website. Um, And so if you search Chandler David Smith anywhere, you'll find me. And then if you are interested in coming to work for our door-to-door sales program, you can apply at EliteSummerSales.com. Elite Summer Sales. Well, I guess given that the majority of the listeners are Australian. uh, Well, actually, so Elite Summer Sales, is that a training, sort of like a boot camp for anyone wanting to learn how to -to door-to-door sell? You know, we're trying to go that direction. Right now, it's a chance for us to bring them in and have them come work in the United States. And with your audience being there, it's a little tougher, but we have had people from all over come and decide to come and try it out here. And so it's something that I think is an awesome experience, a great place to make incredible money. And if anybody does want to come over, we'd love to see if they'd be a good fit. Well, you might have to add a green card to that, but if you can get me one, 200 grand in four months, US, I'm there. You've got a deal. Anytime you want to come over, we'd love to have you. Well, likewise. I'd, I'd love you, go, you to come to Australia. I'd love you to be able to tick that off the bucket list. I don't know. I feel like there'd be some kind of interest in you running some kind of door-to-door selling boot camp. That's a conversation for another time. But Chandler, great conversation, mate. Um, thanks for being good sport and, and sharing all your tips. Well, Tim, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's incredible what you've done. And thank you so much for your time. Well, there you go. Door-to-door sales expert genius, some would say, Chandler Smith. You'll find links to some of his best resources that he mentioned in the show notes. But right now, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Chandler. Attention grabber number one, the whole idea of selling door-to-door. Now, a marketing sales strategy that's probably not given enough consideration, I would suggest. So if you decide to use it or are using it, please get in touch with me and let me know how it's going. I might even get you on the show to talk about it because, yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's underutilized, but probably more so in Australia than in America. But if you are using it anywhere in the world, reach out and let me know. Attention grabber number two, I love Chandler's tips for getting the sale, which I think apply to any sales environment. Things like purge everything that's happened previously. So walk in with a clear head, a clean slate. Use happy words. Everything is a lie in the first 30 seconds. I love that. No, I'm busy now, just about to have dinner. No, you're not. You haven't even started cooking. Uh, Throw in some aces, some value adds. Reverse the urgency and use it to cut to the chase. And I like this one. I need to do it more. Speak slowly. Maybe not that slowly, but we can always slow things down. Attention grabber number three. Create your office so that you are ready to sell. And again, like that, he's talking about it from a door-to-door sales perspective, but set your workplace up so that when you arrive, you get into that flow straight away. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, be sure to block out some time and implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, and doodly doodly, it is time to reward another motivated business owner for taking some serious marketing action, for listening to this show, implementing one idea from it, and getting a result. Today's winner is... 
Benjamin Selby Hill of I Choose Awesome. .com.au, who provide gym and personal training solutions to residential apartment buildings. Now, Benjamin has written me a very long handwritten letter, which is just a wonderful, wonderful, it's full of love and I just love it. I can't read it all though. I won't read it all, but I will read some parts that are relevant to every other business owner listening. Benjamin says, hey, Timbo, a big thank you to you for the podcast you produce. I listen to your podcast first thing in the morning at 4 a.m. A little bit early, but I'll go with it. That's his choice. Whilst I'm training in the gym, setting myself up for my day, I like to make that time productive, not only for my physical well-being, but mental well-being too. And your inspiring interviews with successful business owners have struck a chord with me and provide me with a great start to my day. That's so important. I think what we put into our heads clearly then influences how we act for the rest of the day. So it's great to listen to some positive inputs at the start of each day and maybe whack a little bit of meditation on it as well. Benjamin goes on to say, your podcasts have have provided me with a refuge, hearing other business owners' stories of challenge, self-doubt and unwavering persistence. Encourage me daily to keep striving for that vision I have in my mind's eye and ensure me that I'm not the only crazy one out there trying to be more, give more and strive for more. You're certainly not, Benjamin. There's a lot of us crazy ones out there and we're just trying to keep it real, bring our dreams alive, and that is called small business ownership right there. On a practical level, Benjamin says, your podcasts have seen me make dedicated time now through my week to create, plan, and execute new marketing strategies. Good on you, buddy. Make make marketing a hobby. That's what I want for you. Much love and appreciation, Benjamin Selby Heal. Benjamin, that's awesome, buddy. You are an implementer. You are an action taker. As a result, you win a $75 flora and fauna voucher, $50 sandal voucher, $100 lumber punks voucher, a 180 headlamp valued at 100 bucks, boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, Liars range of non-alcoholic spirits. They're valued at over 500 bucks. Some Mr. Lee's noodles, Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, a $100 voucher to buy some tradies undies. You get promotion on this show. Add a backlink in the show notes. You're a winner, buddy. Everyone else, if you'd like to win, email me, tim at timreed.com.au. Tell me one idea you've implemented, what impact it's had on your business. If I read it out on air, you win. Before we wrap things up, just a reminder that you'll find plenty more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive full of ideas to grow your business is over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're getting value from listening, I hope you are then don't keep this episode a secret or this podcast a secret for that matter. Be sure to let other business owners know about it. Next week, we finally, finally, finally catch up with Seth Godin, the marketer's marketer. Exciting stuff. It's only taking me years to get him on. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, produced by Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. <laughs>